So uh, it means the world to us on stage um, to be able to interact with you all uh, in the audience who are listening. We have so many faithful listeners that tune in every day. I appreciate you. Love you. Uh, so a fun way to, to hang out with you and talk to you is in the comments. So uh, smash that purple comment button in the bottom right um, of your uh, phone screen. And we would love it if you answer this question today. Where are you located and what's the weather like today? Share a picture if you can. So please, in that purple comment button in the bottom right, let us know uh, where you're located and what the weather's like. And a picture is always fun uh, if you can. Uh, just I'm seeing one already from Shiv. They said, actually, decent weather in the UK for once, which is shocking. Like, I lived in the UK for 12 years, y'all, and I, I, I think it was nice, like, one day. <laughs> just, put, just putting that out there. Hey, and my family's, like, mostly British, so I'm not fading British people. Um, Lucky says, Ooh, Perth, Western Australia, 93 degrees today. <laughs> I guess that's what happens in the middle of summer, but uh, it's beautiful. I appreciate that picture. So please keep those coming in. Love seeing pictures from you all. Um, oh, Crop Circle, what's up? Says, sunny but cold in New York, drinking some Bean Birds coffee to keep me warm. Love it. Um, keep those pictures coming in. All right. So we've got a lot planned for the show today. Um, got uh, our, our usual valuable sessions uh, from Mintify, Mintify telling us the market uh, report, what's happening with the numbers. And then we've got uh, cutting edge news from Lucky Trader. Um, always, uh, always valuable, both those sections. So we're going to be doing that today. Uh, we're also going to be discussing artists in web three. Um, I, I put out a, a little tweet and said, if you're an artist in web three, try to hop on by and request the mic. Um, we'll try to get you up. It, it's obviously kind of hard to tell if you're an artist sometimes, um, and, and whether you're, whether you are or not. So we'll try to get, uh, some artists up on stage to, to talk about that subject. Uh, we're going to do a nerd alert. Uh, and then we're also going to uh, head to uh, topic two, which is uh, about hold, uh, what's a holder's role in, in a project's success. So it's going to be a good show today. All right, let's get rocking. Uh, I think we are trying to get Mintify up uh, and, and aren't seeing them quite yet. We'll keep troubleshooting that. Uh, but for now, uh, let's go uh, over to Lucky Trader. Um, Y'all probably know that I've been a loyal, happy, lucky trader fan for a long time because the news is so good. Um, I'm always heading uh, over to their site, luckytrader.com. Uh, I just think that they are a trusted source for good quality news. Their analysts, have a whole team of them, are working on news from major projects and trends, big brands, personalities in the space. Um, uh, it's just a great report. Um, so let's uh sadly we don't have the voice up here today for the the exciting intro tune but i'll just say lucky trader has the news so lucky trader over to y'all let's do it ryan good morning and we'll we'll try to do a quick market recap from inspy as well um welcome to lucky traders top web three news stories for today Top story, the NFT market continues its rally with over 50,000 ETH in weekend secondary trading volume. The captains set the stage early Saturday with 4,000 ETH in their first hour of trading, though it was Yuga assets like Board Ape Yacht Club, uh, Yuga adjacent products like Mutant Hounds and the Azuki ecosystem who led trading ahead of major announcements expected this week. National Geographic is set to launch its Genesis NFT collection 
It's called GM Daybreak Around the World, and the project features 16 unique photographers from different countries on the Polygon blockchain. Photographers include big names like Chris Graves and Kath Samard, and the collection launches on January 17th. Proof Collective has signed with United Talent Agency, UTA, in an effort to grow the Moonbirds brand into a global brand. The goal of the partnership between Proof and UTA will ensure a dedicated, experienced team of branding and marketing experts is helping lead and execute partnerships and growth for the Moonbirds. The pair are already working on partnerships and collabs for 2023, though no formal dates or details have been provided. OpenSea has added support for social and gaming blockchain Arbitrum Nova, also strengthening Nova's ecosystem by joining the Data Availability Committee to, to provide access to on-chain data and help ensure data accuracy. OpenSea has also added a new sweeping feature this week, likely in its efforts to keep up with competitors like Blur. And last, MasterCard is teaming up with Polygon to teach artists how to leverage Web3 technology when connecting with fans. Their new incubator program teaches artists how to explore and create digital identities, establish virtual communities and fans, and own, monetize, and leverage their own content and creations. Raja Rajamanar, Chief Marketing and Communications Officer at MasterCard, said of the, the announcement, the core of this program is providing emerging artists with the Web3 tools and skills they need to excel and advance their music careers in this digital economy. More and more Polygon news, Ryan. Their business dev team remains top tier. That's it for today. Back to you. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, Lucky Trader. Um, absolutely value bringing the news uh, and, and doing the prep um, to, uh, to, to bring it right uh, and, and read it with professionality. Thanks so much. Um, seeing some fun uh, comments from you all about where you're located, what the weather is like. Uh, Valentine Max says, live at the, at the Bank of Toronto, it's freezing cold here <laughs> with a, a, a freezing cold winter scene. Uh, appreciate that. So y'all please smash that purple comment button and share if you want your location and what the weather is. Uh, we'd love to, to, to hang out with y'all who are listening. Um, we were thankfully able to get Mintify up on stage. Uh, we had to clear the queue uh, to do that. Sorry, y'all. So if you were requesting, uh, especially if you're an artist, um, please uh, request the mic. We want to get some artists up on stage here. Um, before I go to Mintify, uh, wanted to... Uh, uh, quickly clarify um, uh, the POAP situation and the POAP app. Uh, POAP app uh, shipped an update uh, where um, you have to solve a puzzle and do all sorts of things. Just don't worry too much all about that. We're just gonna uh, we're just gonna roll with it. Uh, we'll make sure um, that you all who are here get the POAP. So don't worry too much about that. Secondly, uh, just make sure that um, if if you let's in the POAP app, if you've put in your Ethereum address, you're good to go. So in the POAP app, if you've popped in your Ethereum address when you created your account, don't worry about anything. If you haven't done that, uh, make sure to um, to follow the instructions that I posted in a tweet, uh, and Clemente is going to pin that up at the top. So um, all right, in one second we'll go to uh, Mintify for the market report, but seeing a couple more fun comments, uh, Visionary said. Sunny Barcelona. This is the view from the balcony. It's always beautiful weather here. Looks amazing. Uh, Alan De Del Mar said, Virginia, clear blue skies, sunny and brr, chilly. Um, with a cool picture of some, um, of some uh, solar panels and other things. Uh, Mamba said, straight out of the frozen tundra of Minnesota. <laughs> it looks like they had some fun at, I, I assume, a Vikings game. 
and then one more fun comment from Hans. They said, in Norway, snow and minus two Celsius, six months until pool season. <laughs> With the picture of their pool all snowed in. So I love, love uh, hearing where y'all are from and, and being able to get to know you better. So um, let's hand it over. Oh, I, Matt, I see you. How's it going, Restivo? GM, GM. I just, I'm, I'm so excited to hand it over to Mintify. I did this horrible thing where, you know, how the, the iPhone now has these widgets and I put the ETH price on the front of my Why phone. Why did you do that? And I've been watching. I know. I just, I wanted to just torture myself, <laughs> but something happened, Mintify. And I'm so curious why ETH was like under 1200, just a matter of, I feel like hours ago. I mean, days ago, but really felt like hours <laughs> ago. And now we're all of a sudden I wake up, we're 1320. So I can't wait to hear from what the heck. Guy. And for your mental health, please remove that widget. I don't know. What, what are you thinking? But okay, we'll do. <laughs> we'll do. I love it. All right. Let's hand it over to Mintify for the, the market report. Y'all know that I love Mintify. We use it every day for analytics, uh, for information on the market. Uh, they're shipping a new uh, trading experience, which I'm really excited about. Uh, they also have a lifetime NFT pass. Uh, check them out at mintify.xyz. Over to the Mintify team. Hey, how's it going? Sorry about that. Uh, we just finished up a spaces that we started at 930. We're going to have an announcement in the Discord of some of the stuff that we talked about. So if you're interested, definitely check that out regarding future one and the future of Mintify. But uh, how's everybody going? Doing, Doing good, good today? Good to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right, let's check this out. Let's roll through this real quick. The highest sale, or sorry, the total weekend market volume, 91.17 million. That's a lot higher than uh, last weekend, I believe. The highest sale, 134 ETH for Chromie Squiggle, 7997. The top three collections based on volume, Board Apes number one, 1.9K ETH traded, 85.969 uh, floor price, popping up and sustaining. Uh, Azuki number two. Actually, this is Azuki Beans, I believe. 825 ETH traded. Yeah, 2.15 ETH floor price. That popped off pretty hard. And uh, Captains, really having a good time. Was a few thousand ETH traded within the first few hours, I believe. Uh, 737 ETH traded the past 24 hours. 5.69 ETH floor price. The top gainers, Akata up 85% and AO2 up 64%. Top losers, 72% down for Saiba Valkyries and 49% down for Art of Mob. The most anticipated drops for this week. Meltdown on January 11th. The Locals from Corntown uh, on January 11th. And A Kid Called Beast on January 15th. Some noteworthy market updates. The DOJ is investigating DCG Digital Currency Group. Uh, the company that is affecting... Gemini withdrawals and a, a number of other things. And Audi backed startup Holoride is building VR for passengers. Uh, there's some innovative stuff in there going on to prevent motion sickness. And yeah, Ethereum, the crypto market in general, getting a nice little rally. Ethereum back to its uh, consolidation highs. Looks like it might have a little bit more to go. Not financial advice, of course. Uh, things are moving quickly, but this bear market is moving slowly. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, pleasure to be here, as always. Great to have you here, Mintify. Thanks so much. Um, seeing some more fun comments from y'all. Uh, Axel Sabag said, spending my birthday in the English countryside, the beautiful picture of the countryside. Uh, Yippee says, located in London, listening to the Daily Dose in France this week while on my annual ski trip. That's awesome. 
Um, and then uh, we've got one from Rockstar Dan, which said, Frigid, Michigan. Got a sick three-year-old at home, so cartoons and cuddles with the AirPod in. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Hope your kiddo uh, feels better soon. Um, so let's get this discussion started. So we wanted to focus on artists today and get some artists up on stage and, and chit-chat. Um, the topic is this. We've really seen art blocks, friendship bracelets, for instance, with a supply of almost 35,000, seen massive success that has a market cap of over $20 million. Outside of this, we've also seen artists experimenting with new drop strategies as a way to gamify their drops and not saturate their supply. For example, we're seeing open editions and then uh, burn mechanics to mint their new work. So here's the question I wanna, I wanna discuss today. How can artists compete in this attention economy in a way that doesn't drive speculation on, on their art? Or is some level of speculation or gamification around their art needed to drive an attention? Uh, to drive attention. Um, so let's talk about this uh, and, and get some artists um, up on stage who can help us um, kind of dig into this. I will say that I strongly believe that that artists and, and artist-led projects are important in the ecosystem. I think uh, royalties are very important for artists uh, to get paid. And I, I deeply want to see that continue. I also think they're very different than, you know, venture funded uh, long-term companies um, that are designed, you know, to, to drive uh, utility and value to holders. Um, but I think artists are in the same attention war that those VC funded projects are, uh, are battling in as well. And so uh, artists need to be able to drive attention and awareness um, just as much as everybody else uh, to be successful. Um, and I know some folks don't like that or don't want that and think that the art should live on its own. Uh, but I just think we're, we're always in that game. And, and we've seen that play out with, in the trad art space as well. Um, the artists that end up being most successful are the ones that successfully uh, get attention you know, and, and I think one of the quintessential examples is Banksy, right? Banksy is a, a master uh, of getting attention. Um, and then we've seen that happen in the Web3 space. You, you, you look at a Beeple, for instance, uh, who is very talented at, at driving awareness and attention around their work, um, which ends up driving value. So uh, let's go first um, to Dylan. Hello. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate Welcome. it. Uh, I definitely am newer to the space. I have only been creating for a little while and I'm just a mostly one of one artist, uh, but I do watch and like study the ways that uh, other artists have been releasing content uh, from like smaller accounts and, you know, the thousand to 5,000 follower range to somebody say uh, Grant Yoon, somebody who I look up to and definitely have learned from uh, art wise who will release one of ones uh, sporadically, very, very few additions because he's worked his way up to where, you know, he lists something, it gets sold. And so I've always, you know, seen him post uh, sporadically and not mint pieces. And that's something that I think is interesting for larger artists that it's like, okay, why wouldn't you mint it and take that sale? Uh, but it's really important and the way he mentions in his uh, posts is that he's trying to make it a marathon, not a sprint. 
And so you can see the larger artists begin to slow down, mm. whereas the smaller ones, uh, say myself and other people uh, on the same spectrum, will post an addition of 50 because it gives a volume to their pieces mm. where you'll see somebody, I don't know, it'll be 0.05 ETH and uh, there will be 50 sold out. Two days later, one of those will sell for uh, 0.1 or 0.15. Mm. And so it starts raising, um, I guess, the amount of mm. eyes that are on the art immediately. Right. And then you can switch towards like one of ones and things like that. But um, it's really dependent on how many people you have. But I do find that it's important to slow down at a certain right. point. That's interesting. Slow down so you can probably speed up in the future and, uh, and, and pace yourself, which is interesting. Um, thanks Dylan for, for stopping by. I mean, I noticed. Absolutely. Thank yeah, you. I appreciate it. Please come on back next time. Um, so, you know, we saw Mr. Benjamin who is, is, has become a big friend of the show. He created a lot of the pop art you see. Uh, he did, uh, a drop, I think it was of a hundred, um, uh, and they were free. Right. Um, and it was photography and it sold out. Um, or minted out um, immediately. And I, I thought that was kind of an interesting experiment, small drop, you know, um, for free and then sort of see what happens. And I'm not saying, Hey, artists should work for free, but I thought that was kind of an interesting dynamic. It really, the, the, the thing that web three and NFTs do unlock for artists is the ability to gamify some of this attention. And if you can do it in a fun way that feels additive, uh, I think it's a really good thing. Um, especially to to battle some of the the attention that you know the bigger projects are getting uh, clemente yeah and, and the other thing i i notice is like artists are are their their best piece or the, one of their best abilities is the fact that they're so creative right and they have now this creative outlet that they can go towards the, the only piece that i've seen about or the downside in web3 sometimes is like all those pieces are all on the blockchain and they're they're transparent and they're visible so Sometimes when an artist has this creative outlet or, or this new piece that they want to come out with, this new drop, other holders or previous holders are like, oh, okay, like we should be involved in that, right? Or, or hey, do I get a free mint? Or, hey, make sure not to dilute the supply. And I think it's a really interesting piece to think about and, and that I don't – I'm not super familiar with the art game, but I think I, I always – like I'm curious how, how they deal with that piece of like do, you, do they have a responsibility for other holders – how do you play with that that supply game um, like Dylan was was talking about? So I'm, I'm really curious and I'm, I'm excited to see how this kind of d discussion develops today and how we can take it forward. Yeah, thanks, Clemente. I appreciate it. Um, I uh, saw a cute picture by Galileo uh, with a picture of their cute dog. It said, listening with a pup for the first half of today. I love it. So keep those comments coming in from where you all are around the world, what the weather is like. Uh, Morgan said they're, they're in... Uh, Garmisch, Garmisch, Germany, cold but beautiful. Looks amazing. Uh, Keb, Kebab, Clemente is laughing at me. Kebadi said, I'm currently located in the Netherlands visiting family. It's a tad chilly in the neighborhood today, eight degrees. Oof. All right. So let's keep talking about artists. Um, how can artists play this attention game uh, responsibly that's additive for them, additive for their collectors, uh, and good for the overall space? Uh, I want to take it to Keith next. Hello. Morning, everyone. Thanks for having me so much, uh, Ryan and Clement. It's super cool. No problem. To be Welcome. Out of 
wet San Francisco. Um, just to the point, I think it's very important for people to realize that even if you're an artist within this space, you still need to approach your brand that you're building as if it's a company and something that you can build forward, right? Like we have the opportunity to use art to drive community, build community, and also drive sales. But there's a good example and three just different kind of examples in terms of supply and how they work with their art. Like Ali Sabed just dropped a, a, a new project where it was an open edition and it was free. And he minted, I think, up to, I think, 68,000 NFTs. And it was different kind of art pieces that doesn't relate or look like he's one of one collections or his smaller collections. And then you've got Gabe Weiss with the Stoics where he spent six months drawing this range of different characters that replicate Stoicism. And it's very focused on community using the IP that he's basically given to them to play with and to build out, right? Like he's given them the opportunity to use the brand and have sub-communities within. So he's really used his art to gamify the whole project and experience and kind right. of gives the power back to the community. Mm, but I love that. Essentially, yeah. And I think in all honesty, people shouldn't be like oblivious to the fact. It's like if you are an artist, you need to figure out your brand strategy. Value is value and you need to figure out how to return value to your community and your holders being financial or giving them the tools to take the brand you've created a bit Agreed. further. Agreed, 100%. So um, before we keep going to hands, um, I think a good example of w what I would call as an independent uh, artist uh, is Lucrece. So um, I came across Lucrece's work through Proof uh, and he created this dynamic where um, you could combine the monsters um, and then uh, mint new monsters. And we also saw this happen in ghosts. Um, you know, in that collection, this idea of being able to combine your collection into new things. Um, and that kind of dynamic was interesting and drove a lot of attention, which I thought was really fascinating um, and interesting. Um, so I, I think, I think that kind of gamification of attention uh, can be done very well. Uh, I know it's hard to do. Um, uh, let's go up next to Mr. Benjamin. Hello. GM, GM, how's everybody doing this morning? Doing good. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you for the shout out. I appreciate it. Um, not here to shill. I just kind of wanted to give a little input on my mindset behind what I did. And it's really just kind of like, you know, just doing it because I see so many people in the space that want to like build their own brand and do their own thing. And, and I just like, my advice to you is just go ahead and do it. And like Gigi will tell you, she, like she was just yelling at me to post it and I didn't want to, cause I was just super self-conscious about my photography. I've never really um, put it out there at all. I used to post it on Instagram and, and other pages would, you know, screenshot it, share it and get, tons more likes than me and i just got really annoyed so i <laughs> i stopped sharing it there and right you know it's funny because i have hard drives i've been doing photography since i was like 14 or 15 and i have hard drives filled with amazing photos that have never seen the light of day and i feel like web3 is just like a new you know space that i can just put it out there and, and kind of see what happens so like right. i just you know 100 pieces for free i just wanted to see what happened? Honestly, I feel like it's the daily dose community that really just 
made that happen. So I mm. want to say thank you to you guys and, and you know, Love I appreciate it. it. Oh, that's so good to hear. Yeah. I, so, and Ed Balloon talked about this um, uh, a couple of shows ago about that fear of putting something out and, and being rejected um, or, or, or even worse, just no one even noticing. Right. Um, and I think, that, you know, Mr. Benjamin, that seeing you p- put that out and seeing people support it, right. Uh, is a good example of, of, okay, I did it. Right. Um, and then I, I, I think, you know, and that's what I want the daily dose community to do to support each other. Um, you know, so if you're an, uh, an artist that doesn't have a big name yet, please share in the comments, you know, please put a link to your work, you know, like let the community know that you're, what you're doing and, and what you're, what you're passionate about. And I think we'll start connecting the dots here. Um, just a reminder to our speakers on stage, make sure to raise your hand, um, so that we can call on you. Uh, otherwise we'll probably cycle you off. So, uh, make sure if, if you've got something to say, pop that hand up so we can get to you. Um, I, I, I really do think it's important, um, to start small, uh, when you're doing these things and, 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 whatever it is you release, you know, for that thing to mint out or to sell out right away. So it, what I mean by that is try to release just a tiny number of something. If, if, if you have to make it free at first to, to get it to mint out fine, but you kind of build this dynamic and this track record of, I uh, release this little thing, you know, everybody wanted it. Okay. Now I'm going to release something a little bigger. Everybody wants it. You want to build up, um, versus go too big. Um, and then risk, you know, kind of being on your back foot. Um, so that's one piece of advice I have. Uh, Jamie, hello. Hello. Welcome. How's it going? I appreciate you bringing me up. Thanks a lot. Oh, your audio is kind of bad. Do you, Jamie, do you want to try to fix that? Yep. All right. Your sorry. audio is bad. Just try to fix it and come back. And we'll, we'll, we'll go to the next speaker while you fix that. Thank you. Um, how about J3NN1B33? <laughs> try to get that right. How's it going? <laughs> It's going good. Thank you. Um, my name is Jenny. Um, I just kind of want to touch on basically what you just said, start small and then mint out. Um, I came into this space, um, 2021 and back then it was a little bit, I don't want to say wild west. It was just more of, you know, put it out, put it out, put it out. Right. Um, <laughs> so like in my position, I have collections all over the place. I create all the time. Um, and for me, in my perspective, what I'm learning, I'm taking notes today, actually, is that there's not so much competition. It's more of learning from other artists and lifting each other up. And it's putting yourself out there. Um, I was terrified of going in spaces, especially big spaces like this. Um, and We're I never glad really you came. Nervous. You're welcome here. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me up. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, the more you put yourself out there... And the more you talk about what you're doing, like you said, the more people have a chance to connect and to see your brand and to build that brand with you. Um, and I also think like real life events help too. Um, you know, Amen. and NFT NYC, Art Basil, all that good stuff. Amen. Yeah, meeting people in real life and building those relationships. Um, you know, I mean, a good example, for instance, is with Mr. Benjamin. You know, he pinged me and said, "Hey, can I help with the Po apps?" awesome. Great. And then we met up IRL in Miami and, you know, you just build real relationships with people, um, uh, through that natural rhythm as humans. Um, and so it, it is, should I say your username, Jenny B? Yeah. <laughs> I, I figured it out. <laughs> um, well, it's great to have you here. Thanks for, for coming by as an artist. Um, 
you know, I, I do think, she, you know, she nailed it that, um, kind of building your relationship through Twitter spaces, and then IRL is a great, is great strategy for artists. Um, you know, it's actually how I got to know, like for, for instance, Justin Aversano met him through proof and, and then a couple phone calls and we met IRL and then, you know, the, the, uh, the fund that I run ended up buying a piece of his. So it is very relational. Um, and, uh, I think if you can approach that relationship angle, then that's really good. Um, so thanks for bringing that up. I appreciate it. Um, let's go next to Flea. Hello. Did we lose Flea? I think they're off stage now. Uh, let's go next uh, to uh, Puke Rainbow. Welcome. Hey, hey, GM, GM, GM. And the team. Good to have you here. <laughs> yep, yep. So, um, I'm just greetings from Malaysia all the way. And um, basically, for your for your question, I'm I'm an artist as well. And um, the the one thing I see right now is that when even if you have, for example, five to ten years of experience doing the art. Basically, when you come over to Twitter, nobody knows you. So I'm, I'm seeing a lot of success recently, like like what you said, basically low supply, free mint. And because they, they launched that low supply, for example, to 50 people, you get that ball rolling to the next one. And in terms of NFT, um, not just art, but always need to think of a way to make it fun. So right now I'm seeing like, for example, Manifold, they have a lot of mechanism whereby you can burn it. Uh, one collection that did very well, it's like, I think, Drunk Center. So basically, it's free. And then every time, you just need to purchase more, like five to burn one. And when you have that whole gamified uh, aspect to it, basically, people like your art, uh, people feel it's fun, then that whole community, you get going. Then it's like, you know, the longer you wait, you keep doing new mm. art, free min, and then in the end, you can have a bigger ass. I love it. Yeah, it... it... I think all of us, if we're going to be in this uh, digital art space, digital collectible space, you know, really do need to play the attention game um, and not, not see it as dirty marketing, but just see it as a way of how can I get more folks interested in, in, in my work, you know, and um, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Um, and I think we can uh, embrace a lot of those mechanics in a good way. Um, art Jedi. Hello. Hello friends. GM, GM. Um, Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for having this space for artists and for, to hear out artists' uh, perspectives as well. So it's amazing. Um, as somebody who's had about, I, I feel like I've been an artist all my life and I have the whole story that I'm connecting the dots on the blockchain now, gradually and slowly. Um, but committed art practice for about 15 years uh, two years here in blockchain and since very early on, 2021. Um, as a lifelong learner, I decided to start learning collectively, uh, set up an FT Collab Club and a lot of the big wigs kind of started from that club, from collaborations and conversations. And so how I um, kind of set up my foundation in Web3 was through learning mutually and supporting mutually as well. And I feel like it's not so much. It is, it's, it looks like, and most of the play, people are playing the attention game. But for me, it's the relevance. It's about the relevance. How relevant are you? And how do you stay relevant? Um, and as long as you're relevant, you'll always have attention because you'll have quality engagement yes. rather than people who just come to you for... Um, some kind of hype and then wither away. And that's not, that doesn't 
that would might guarantee a little bit of sales, but that would also wither away. So my, um, I just I can only speak from my experience of being here in, uh, for two years, having supported thousands of artists, having spent thousands of hours um, in spaces on Clubhouse and and behind the scenes as well. Um, and as an artist, I took eight months before I launched my first piece, Unknown Origin. I was headhunted by the founders and it sold out within seconds. I literally, I didn't even make a tweet. <laughs> Thank you. I just literally told in one of the spaces, finally have my, and it was like 11 p.m. and I waited an hour in that space, two hours in fact, just to be able to, and I had the attention to even like set up a room and bring hundreds of people there and tell them I did that, um, but I didn't. I waited for other people to speak. And then I shared just this little news that I did that and it sold and it was sold like my entrance and was like three ETH at that point and ETH was like four or 5,000. So it was pretty prestigious entrance, I would say. And that set up, and that was in line with my like IRL prices because I've had exhibitions mm. in central London galleries and have sold through through them. So there is a baseline right. for my prices and I didn't want to compromise on my blue chip collection. And yeah. what I've done... No, I love yeah, that. Yeah, thank you. And also at the same time, I have a multidisciplinary art practice and I'm always creating, but I don't always talk about it. And I, right. It's a mix. Yeah. It's isn't a, it? Trying to figure out yeah. when do you talk about it? When do you not? Yeah. Um, no, I appreciate you, you sharing that. I think it's interesting that you put in, you know, eight months of work and then, and then got into the space. Um, I, I want to quickly, quickly just, point out just another, one, just very quickly. Just want to sure, say yep. it's like, as like as somebody who has an established uh, collections that have been exhibited through like major avenues, but at the same time some experimental works that I've not exhibited, now I'm bringing both of those side by side. So I'm not going to compromise on the blue chip. That's on Super Rare. That's on Maker's Place. That's on um, sold out collection on object. But at the same time, I can play with some experimental. And I just did an open edition. It's not an open edition, it's 223 limited edition, I guess. And it just minted out in minutes as soon as I announced. So, nice. yeah. Uh, yeah, congrats. Thank you. Well, so I appreciate you coming by. Um, I'll have to check out the work for sure. Um, one thing I think it's interesting a, a good example of an artist using a gamified mechanic to drive a lot of hype and interest uh, was uh, Dimitri Cherniak's The Rapture. So now Dimitri was already a big name uh, because of ringers. Um, however, he, when he released the rapture, he created this dynamic where um, it was a very small number of folks that were able to mint it. And if they sold it, then uh, he would release hundreds more of them. So it would massively increase the supply. I think it was like 10 X. Um, and I believe, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but I believe nobody sold. Um, for a whole year. So there's kind of these interesting things you can do um, uh, to, to gamify the experience of holding the art um, and, and seeing kind of what that does to the attention and price action. Um, let's go uh, Let's go to Alyssa, and then I think we'll wrap on the um, artist subject. Back to you, Alyssa. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, Welcome. I just wanted to share a little bit of like my story with um, building a community and 
kind of getting attention. Also, sorry, I'm a little bit sick right now, so my voice is oh, no. great. Hope you feel Thank better. Thank you. Um, so I actually, when I first started out, I um, started in February and listed my first collection. And a month went by and I made no sales and I was really struggling to like build a community and sell my work. And then one day in March, I joined a Twitter space and I kind of just shared my art and it basically led to a lot of people retweeting it in the space and then OpenSea's Twitter seeing it and putting me on their homepage, which like changed my life. So I, nice. <laughs> yeah, so that's, it. that's amazing. It was crazy. So I feel like it's kind of like different because I went from no sales to like having a pretty big collector base. And so that was great. And then over time, I kind of struggled to continue like selling at the same price especially like as the market went down and so I ended up releasing a collection um, back in November and I wanted to really like innovate and find new ways to really connect with my collectors or people kind of allow more people to collect my work that maybe weren't able to in the past and um, I did things like people who were holders would be able to get the physical sketch and a handwritten thank you note and whenever the collection sells out, I'm going to pick three random wallet addresses to send something from my shop on my website. So kind of just like building the relationships with your collectors that you already have, I think is really great. So that's my perspective. Yeah. No, I love it. I love how you, you jumped into Twitter space and, and, uh, got to know the community and then people started noticing. Um, and I, that's something we talk a lot about in this show, right? How to build out your network and your relationships. And, and I think uh, during the the previous show with Ed Balloon, we talked about superpowers and, and identifying your superpower and then helping other people with it. Right. And, you know, uh, you know, the artists on stage, their superpowers are like creating, right? So if you can use that to help other people, um, to, to get noticed, then you start to build those relationships. Um, so Alyssa, I appreciate you stopping by and congrats, um, on, on, on your success. Um, we're going to transition, uh, subjects, uh, to our next topic, but before we do, we're actually going to do a nerd alert. So take it away. The voice. It is time for the nerd alert. Love it. Thanks, the voice. So the nerd alert for the day is open edition. So you might have heard a couple of the artists um, say that term. Um, what does it mean uh, and how is it relevant? So an open edition is an NFT drop that has no predetermined supply and allows the market to, to decide the total supply of the collection by providing a mint window for individuals to mint the piece if they choose to do so. Each art piece is the same and is structured in a way so that the artist can satisfy the demand for the price in the primary market. So it's kind of an interesting thing uh, that an artist can do uh, in the NFT world that you couldn't do uh, in the trad art world. Um, and that is an open edition there. There's been a number of them really, really fascinating. Uh, I know that I minted one from drifter shoots or Isaac, Wright. Um, there uh, have been many different open editions and it's always, it's always interesting to see, how many get minted, you know, so what does the market decide here? Uh, there's also can be a problem with botting on, on open editions, which is interesting. Um, and then, uh, afterwards the price action on the, on that open mint, uh, sorry, open edition is always an interesting to watch as well. Um, so that's our nerd alert for the day. Uh, we're going to transition over to topic number two, uh, which is all about 
the holder's role in a project success or downfall. Uh, before we do that, um, uh, seeing some more fun replies about where you all are located and what the weather is like. Uh, Mike, who's Huncho Yeath, says, I'm in NYC and it's nice and chilly outside. <laughs> it's a, a nice, a crisp, cold day in New York City. Um, and then uh, Baptista uh, says, they're on a red-eye flight. I was anxious about missing today's Daily Dose. Then flight got delayed for an hour. Never miss at Ryan Carson and the Daily Dose. Love it. Appreciate that. Um, all right. So we're going to uh, reset the room and bring up some more speakers to, to talk about what is the holder's role in the success of a project. Now, we've talked a lot about the founder's role and the team's role, but what about the holders? And and you know how do we all uh, uh, play uh, in the success or failure of a project? I think we're seeing a lot of projects right now being recently favored uh, that have been not just in a result of the active founder, but really the community's involvement. Um, so I'd love to chat about what is the holder's role in playing, uh, you know, into the success or failure of projects uh, long-term. And I'd like to, you know, point out, it's kind of fascinating to see this amazing daily dose community grow and form. Um, you know, I could have never imagined that this community would grow this quickly and be this vibrant and this supportive um, you all just blow me away and and uh, give me so much energy. Uh, and I just, I love the Daily Dose community. And it's interesting to see how, I mean, you all are the reason why this community is so amazing. Um, you know, I see, we see the support in the comments. We see um, the tons of Daily Dose local Twitter spaces, um, you know, being spun up and we're seeing IRL meetups happen. Like that's you all, right? And uh, it, it's absolutely amazing to see that so let's let's talk about it what, what role do holders play in the success or failure of projects um hello the voice hello got all technical issues taken care of here but <laughs> yes you have a fantastic question here because it is on the holders on some level but the founders of a project have to create something to give the holders a reason to hype it up and to you know spread it out amongst the masses I'll use an example of shoes. Nike creates great shoes. They create a great product. Makes me want to wear them and wear the shirts and everything like that and let everybody see that. And so if a, create, if a product is made, it makes me, the holder, want to you know, shout it from the rooftops about how great this is, how great the artist is, how great the UT. Mm. So there is some responsibility for the founder, but then the holder has to kind of take the ball and run with it and, and you know, use what they're given. And usually... If the hype is good enough, you want to. It's not you have to be incentivized to or anything like that. You actually want to because you know how dopamine works. We just get excited about things. <laughs> <laughs> I do know how dopamine works. I like dopamine. <laughs> um, yeah, that's funny. It, it, we should actually, we should. I, I, I need to prepare the technical definition of dopamine, but um, but dopamine is the thing, y'all. So we could do a nerd alert around it. Uh, remind me, we'll do that in the future. Um, it's an important chemical in your brain. Um, all right, let's go to some more hands uh, in chit chat about what is the holder's role in the success of a, a, or failure of a project. Let's go to Crypto Vias. Hello. Hey, how's it going, Brian and Daily Dosewitz? Thanks for having me up. Welcome. And yeah, I think this is a brilliant question. And the voice kind of touched on some elements of what I wanted to say as well, because my background's in professional football coaching. And I feel what makes um, teams successful are if they have a, a leader 
um, and direction. And they're also made to feel um, empowered, like inspired and motivated by the, um, the the manager or the football club. So in this in this instance, it would be the project. So if a project is able to inspire and motivate the holders, then they will basically kind of do the work for the or some of the work they'll spread the word for the project because they will feel proud and valued members of the community um, and that's what i love it so i have a question so so i have a question for you like as a football coach which is awesome by the way um uh i have so much respect for that um what it, you know sometimes teams aren't always winning right and and you could look at the project, uh, you know, say the, the floor is kind of down. There's not as much attention. The team's trying to do their best, but it, you kind of feel like you're in that part of the season where you're not doing well. What do you, what do you do on a football team when maybe you're not doing very well, but you need to, to keep the team motivated, which is like the community. So this is when I feel it's important to have a good relationship with the players and the players to have a good relationship with each other because those bonds that you build are hard to break. So for instance, like with the daily doses, you know, you're trying to encourage people to meet out, uh, meet up and connect. The reason I believe you're doing that is because by meeting up with people, you form a stronger connection and therefore the project and the community should be stronger. So when Amen. real, real relationships. Yes. Yes. And, and that can be done in, um, a variety of ways. It could be um, off-field um, gatherings or events. It could be done on on-field activities where you get people to kind of like team building and team strengthening. And it's also focusing on the aspects that are going well, but then being able to highlight what you feel isn't going well, but then being able to tell the players um like inform them where it's not going right, but God. have the solution or a potential solution. So it's like, okay, like we're not doing well, we're conceding lots of goals, but we're going to do X, Y, Z to prevent this. To fix it. Yeah. I love it. So it's, you know, you're saying, Hey, uh, folks need to have those real bonds, those real relationships in order to weather the, the downtimes, um, I totally appreciate your point of view. Thanks for sharing that. Um, uh, getting some good comments as well from the crowd. Uh, Marcus said uh, their answer to the question is by supporting. So the the holders should support is what they're saying. But to do this, founders need to be transparent and active. So holders can support in Discord or on Twitter. With support and trust from holders, founders can build long-term. That literally backs up what CryptoVS just said. Uh, Gigi says, um, it's up to holders to represent the project in a way where others would want to join. I've left communities or refused to join some because the holder base was not friendly and welcoming. I love that, Gigi. Um, you know, that's one of the things I'll say over and over again, y'all. We want the Daily Dose to be the most inclusive, welcoming, friendly place on earth, right? Let's go. Like, let's make it so when folks come into this space, they just feel safe and welcome. Um, so y'all please continue to support each other in the comments, like answer each other, follow each other, help each other out. Um, that's like where the real community is built. Um, and I'll, I will, um, share a little bit of our roadmap with this community real quick. Um, so I, I deeply believe that, that true communities are built, uh, around two foundations, right. And, and one foundation is 
connecting through through audio in a safe place, right? You, you know, we used to do that around campfires and and then we do it in, in meeting rooms and then we do it around the dinner table. Like these are these are safe, wonderful places to connect in a real way. And Twitter spaces actually provide that um, in, in a scalable uh uh, global way, which is amazing. So found foundation one pillar one is, is Twitter spaces, right? Uh, pillar two or foundation two is IRL. Like those moments when you meet up, you smile and you can see the other person's face. Maybe you hug, you know, maybe you share a drink or a meal together. Um, those two foundations can build a lasting, amazing, supportive, genuine community. And that's our vision with the daily dose, right? So you know, we're seeing these Daily Dose local uh, Twitter spaces pop up, you know, Daily Dose uh, in Espanol, Daily Dose Persia, Daily Dose German, um, uh, the Pop and Post Show. Like, these are all real, amazing Daily Dose uh, local spaces. So we're starting to get those hosts together and meet them and, and get to know them. And, and we're going to start training those folks and supporting them. And, and you know, over time, uh, then we'll say, hey, these are the official Daily Dose local spaces that that you all can attend and enjoy. Um, and, and we're really going to build out that global network. And then we're also going to help and encourage those uh, spaces to have IRL meetups, right? And, and then through Twitter spaces and IRL meetups, you all will build real friendships, like literally. Um, and that will be the connection that will um, really carry us forward long-term. So those are a couple of fun things that we're doing. Um, just stay tuned as, as we build that out. I'm really, really, really excited about it. Um, let's go, uh, let's keep going hands. Um, I see the dentist, the famous dentist. Good to have you here, brother. Hey, Hey, GM, GM. And did you say, did you say pop and post show? <laughs> I did. And it's so good. Cause that's where we party. <laughs> I knew it. Anywho, <laughs> GM. Dennis, it's so good to have you. Uh, here. I'm glad to um, be back. So, it, it, if everyone's wondering, Dennis is one of the co hosts of the Pop and Post Show, which we love because it's a community space that came out of the, a love for the community. So, Dennis, love having you here. Big fan. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, glad to be back. So, this, this question is very interesting. So, I think in order to have successful holders, you need to have successful leaders that lead by example, right? And I think it's super important for these leaders to take a step back and get a little cheesy. They need to ask themselves as a team or whatever <laughs> and say, well, how will, I, how will I change my holders' lives um, on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, et cetera? And then once, once you can ask that question, it usually sparks conversation for di different aspects of it. The second one would be like, how do I eliminate anxiety for my holders? Because there's FUD on the left side. There's people talking about other projects here. Maybe this founder had an unsuccessful business, which is a requirement to have a successful business later down in life. So like there, these, there's all these aspects of it. But you also have to think about the different type of holders, right? You got dreamers who are like first timers, wag me, we're all going to make it. This is the next board ape. Then we have like flippers and, and, and other, other aspects of that. So I think... It's very important to take a step back, ask that question as a, as, as a team, as a, as a founder, then follow by an example. So Ryan, you do a really good job at this, which is like, hey, I want you guys to meet in person, but then you actually go and do it, right? You've done it multiple times. So I think that's a, a big piece of it. 
I love it. Dennis, thanks for, for sharing your thoughts on that. Um, it is always important to lead by example. Um, seeing a, a great comment from the Mustache 3, uh, they said, audience does not equal community. I see the term community used interchangeably with audience in the Web3 space, but they are not the same. Uh, at David Spinks defined it well, and they posted a picture. Um, so uh, you can see it, Clemente pinned it. You know, an audience is where everybody is looking in uh, and, and that message is coming out from the middle and then community is where you're actually connecting. Um, y'all the the way we're going to build a long-term daily dose community that is wonderful for you, that actually connects you and, and, and makes your life even better is you connecting to each other. Um, and, and so I, I would much rather you any day reply to somebody else in the community instead of me, right? Um, help somebody else in the community instead of, you know, uh, make fan art for me, like help each other. Um, and that's the way this is going to work. And part of that is, you know, launching a, a daily dose local show and showing up and supporting that and being a part of that community and then meeting up IRL. So, um, Dennis, appreciate your thoughts on that. Let's go to Ibrahim next. Welcome. Hello. Hello. Buenos dias. Good to see everybody. Uh, before I share my two ETH really quickly, this is my first time speaking to you directly, Ryan, um, this year. And I wanted to uh, reflect on the fact that the first or one of the first uh, shows that I came on for the Daily Dose, I shared how decentralization to me looks like the empowerment and the adoption of a global community. And so it's just wild for us to be here and especially with the alpha that you just shared about not just letting these communities grow, but empowering them through support and training. I'm excited. Uh, but yes, yes. Super excited about that. Um, but in regards to your question, I'm speaking about it from an artist perspective, and I want to highlight that this is not something that I think is obligatory for holders, but what I have seen and what I appreciate from my collectors is the following. Um, there's, a, there's a word that you used, Ryan, before, and I forgot what it was, but about how you it's helpful for you to talk through your ideas for them to materialize and i'm very similar. yeah like an audio processor exactly i'm very similar and i found that a lot of my collectors have been really helpful for me in my process just talking through my strategy and my plans so that's something that i appreciate from my holders i've had uh collectors uh, make me websites um you know help me bridge between the web3 space and the traditional art world and I think the biggest thing, and we talk about the attention economy especially, is how holders can help to proliferate the artists, right, through speaking about them and talking about them in rooms that they're not in. And so that's, those are some of the main things that I appreciate about my holders. Love it. Yeah, that makes sense. So the holders are speaking about the project. Um, and that relates to what Gigi said, you know, it, it's the, the role of holders to make uh, the community accessible and inclusive for new holders right um i mean we're trying to literally live this live by saying we don't care what nfts you own come to the daily dose and be a part of this community right um and we we want you here right and we want to educate you and empower you and connect you um and and i will just encourage you all like if you're feeling a little bit shy or you or you think gosh i don't have any followers or i'm kind of new i don't know what i have to offer um, you replying to each other and connecting to each other and following each other in the comments will will boot up that connection 
And, um, and it is always wonderful to get a reply from somebody or a follow from somebody. That's something you could do right now uh, for people in the audience. So, so feel free to, to spread around the reply love, the follow love, you know, the one the last thing, love. Ryan, this just came up for me. I'm remembering that the mm. reason that you followed me also is because a collector literally mentioned me under one of your tweets. So just another. Boom. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> there you go. Rubber meets the road. I love it. Ibrahim. Thanks for stopping by. Um, we've got about four minutes left. I want to get in uh, some more comments from the speakers. Let's go to Jesus next. Hello. GM, GM, how you doing today? GM, good. How's it going? Doing great. Actually, on the way to the gym right now. Nice. Your audio is a little, little crusty, but it will, I think we can get through it. All right. Is it, is it good now? It's okay, but just go ahead. <laughs> share share what you awesome. got in your mind. Well, so in regards to your question, I do believe that crypto bias and uh, Dennis said it very well. You do need to have a great leader that has vision. Someone that can really pers- persevere through all the obstacles that come with all the FUD, with all the ups and downs, market environments. And so someone that can truly inspire emotionally to their holders will be able to benefit long term from the efforts of that community. So I believe once you have that kind of higher you know, motive, that higher power, that long term vision, you'll be able to kind of nitpick and see what you can do at the, the lower level because obviously the holders are the community the base and the foundation of the pyramid but once you keep going up you have managers and moderators that keep everything in order but those leaders those founders they need to focus on the long-term vision just kind of like how a ceo of a business needs to focus mm. on the most important factors of a business and not really the day-to-day activities so someone that can inspire their troops, like say an analogy as like a general, and their soldiers can go into war inspired to execute the mission, I believe that holders are in the same kind of boat. So once someone is inspired enough to do what they need to do, they'll be passionate enough to do and network, spread around, chill, and do what they need to do to benefit the community as a whole. Thanks, Jesus. Appreciate it. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, on your journey. Uh, it means a lot. Um, getting some great comments from the crowd, uh, from IC, they said, uh, the role of holders is by creating content, a team's best marketing is the holders. That being said, creating tools for holders to build their brand around the IP created by the project, encouraging meetups and even helping subsidize smaller events for people to make real connections. Uh, love it. Uh, Jay, which is Tao of Jay said, uh, in my opinion, it's important for holders to be warm, welcoming, not only to new members, but also to non-holders. This is a miss in many bigger established communities, in my opinion, where OGs dismiss or ignore noobs or outsiders. Community grows stronger when everyone feels safe and welcome. Gosh, I, I so agree with that, like 120%. Um, let's go to Laguna for a quick comment, and uh, then we'll close out the show. Hey, Laguna. Yeah, I think we've all hit on one of my favorite topics, which is that community building is such an underappreciated art, and a lot of NFT projects have landed there by accident. And so it really comes down to directing and capturing energy and and from good holders and minimizing the type of energy that you don't want as part of your project. So that idea of like adding kindling to the right fires and we can see examples where projects have empowered really well. So Mickey D Gods is a great example from, you know, the D Gods team. They really supported 
that side initiative and that side brand. But then you also see spots where there was lots of energy from the community, but it wasn't returned from the founders. Okay. Bears is a great example of that. Yeah. But like, there are so many situations where like we as holders have put in that energy and that content and it wasn't returned for good or for bad, but it's space where I think that like we've underappreciated the fact that that's not by accident. It has to be intentional. And as a project team, you really have to figure out like what is your goal and what is your brand and direct forward in the right areas. And I really appreciate what you've been doing with, you know, the side uh, shows because any any other content creator might have said, well, I don't want people to be stealing my brand and using it, you know, in a way that doesn't support me, or I don't want to lose my IP in these areas. And you've gone and taken the opposite approach. And I think it's been a really effective uh, Thank you. community building. Thanks, Laguna. I mean, y'all, I want you to win uh, as part of, uh, as, as members of this community. I want you to connect. I want you to, to grow your profile. I want you to feel supported. I mean, and the best possible way to do that is to empower you to, to, to spin up local spaces and local IRL communities. Like that's real. Um, and you know, very much believe in power of the people. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all about that. So thanks for saying that Laguna, that's the plan. Like you said, I'm, we're so excited to continue to support, um, and lift up those daily dose local spaces and then empower you to do IRLs. Um, and, uh, we just can't wait. So, um, let, let's keep going on that journey. Um, NFT doer, I'm so sorry we can't get to you, but please request and we'll try to get you up tomorrow. Um, want to keep the show on time. So y'all thanks so much for coming today, for hanging out with us, for, for sharing your most valuable asset, which is your time. Um, thank you to the speakers for, for adding a ton of value and, and thank you so much to all of you out there listening and tuning in and supporting with emojis and replying and commenting and following, um, each other. That is just the best. Um, so let's, uh, and don't forget to check out the pop and post show. It's, it's a fun show right after this. It's one, another great example of a daily dose local space. Uh, there's a ton of them that are popping up and, and we will be surfacing, uh, more of those in the future and uh encourage you all to listen thanks to mintify for supporting the show bringing value with the market report thank you lucky trader for supporting the show and bringing more value with uh, the news really appreciate you all and thanks to my co-host clemente for for helping me keep the wheels on the bus and thanks for the other team members helping us make this thing real uh clemente why don't you take us out with some tunes will do and uh last little reminder that uh daily dose romania spinning up their first Twitter space today. I just pinned up their uh, tweet up at the top. If you want to go check it out, it'll be at 9 a.m. Pacific time, so about 30 minutes from now. Um, can't wait for that one. And uh, the second pin tweet will be Dennis's pop and post show along with Final Line and Don Farner. Thanks again, guys. Uh, this song was brought to you by Isma.eth. Thanks again for the song recommendation.